and we are recording. This is Bradley Charbonneau with the Audio for Authors podcast, and I am here with Benjamin Fife, who I have to explain how we met here briefly, because I my most popular book every single day, which I'm very proud, and which I narrated, wow, probably going on two and a half years ago now, or, well, I'm probably narrated a year and a half, but uh, let's just say I was less good at <clears throat> uh, narrating back then, but still, uh, I did my best, and I've learned a lot since then, thus the audio for Authors Podcast. But So he, I got a note from him. You contacted me through Goodreads, I think, right? Yeah. I uh, Well, I had been given like a, a promo copy of it via Story Origin. Oh, right. right. I, I looked you up on Goodreads, and I, I figured whatever way I can try and reach out to you, I think I felt like you should know that there were some chapters that were kind of screwed up. Yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, that book's been out for a year and a half and uh, it, I, I, as I said, I did my best and I go through find away voices to upload and I love the system. It's very easy and you can see your chapter numbers and everything, you know, thinking back now, I'm curious because they did some editing early on. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to place the blame anywhere because I did notice there was definitely one chapter just completely missing. But anyway, my, my long tangent story here, let me, let me rein that in. But Ben here reached out to me and said, hey, Bradley, you'd probably want to know. And because I'm an author and narrator myself, he says, you got, there's some chapters that are sort of in the wrong place. And I think there's one missing. And I thought you'd want to know. And I thought, wow, what? That, that's impossible. And so, of course, lo and behold, I go searching around and, find, and I even talk with Find Away Voices and they tell me, yep, it sounds like, I can't remember the exact, exact numbers, but like chapter four is the same as chapter eight or something. And so I look at it and, the, and even Ben here, you even went so far as to say, it's this chapter and this one's duplicated and a few more comments. Mm-hmm. And I just want to open with that because, and then you and I have been, been emailing back and forth. And I just want to open with that because it just, for me, it shows the type of person you are and the type of character who would do such a thing to reach out to somebody else to offer help to say, hey, there's a mistake here. I thought you'd want to know. And I do want to know, and I'm really thankful for it. And then to hear that you're a, a narrator and, and recent news is that you're even more of a narrator, as far as mm-hmm. I understand. So anyway, after that really long introduction, thank you, Ben, for being here. And I'm looking forward to talking audiobooks with you. Awesome. Great. So you said in your news, and this is probably a big reason why you were so detail-oriented about the uh, book and the way it was, it was put together, and, and well, apparently not put together, but the... Uh, so you are in the audiobook business yourself, and you are a, are you an author and a narrator? I'm a narrator who is planning on becoming an author. Okay. So oh, I kind interesting. of going the other direction. Yeah. So. Oh, that's really cool. And so you, and you've been, and I think, I mean, let me know if, if this is not public knowledge, but you are recently, uh, you are, are, are opening the doors to the narratorhood as yep. a as a full-time job yep i can the day job as of april 1st wow. and so now i am full-time narrator and 
whatever else I want to do. So right. it was a interesting timing. What with the whole COVID-19 thing, because yeah. I had been planning on quitting the job anyway. Um, so it's like, I gave my two weeks notice and then three days later, they're like, Oh, you can work from home if you want to. I'm like, hmm, okay. <laughs> but, wow. And, and so did you do that? Are you going to take it up or are you going to say, no? Oh, it, well, no, it's a matter of, I was, I was quitting because there were some things that the writing was on the wall with my job, okay. but also I am so busy with this that I want to be wow. able to focus on it full time. So wow. I, I love, I love narrating. Yeah. Oh, so do I. That's why I just, Oh, I'm such a fan. I love narrating. And I, I thought I'd love to talk with you more about this because I thought probably about a year ago, I also thought about going into narrating, narrating other books. I narrate all my own books, mm -hmm. uh, but going into narrating also as a, a business, just because yeah, like you, I just love it. Mm -hmm. It's just fun. And although, I, I want to hear about your different genres because as I was doing my homework on you, you do all kinds of genres and that's, I mean, fiction. I, I don't get that. Fiction just seems tougher. I, I'm mostly a nonfiction guy. How, how, how do you, so you do do nonfiction and fiction, right? I, I do just about everything about the only wow. things I won't do. I don't want to do anything with erotica and I don't want to do anything horror. Um, I kind of try to keep it to PG 13. I've had a couple of titles that have pushed that just a little bit. Yeah. Um, but you know, part of the thing is how I got into it. I've always loved reading and whatever, but I, I'm, I'm a father of now six kids and, uh, wow. you go back, Oh, probably about 12 years ago now when my oldest was about five and we started reading every night out loud yeah. to the kids. And I mean, we've read everything from Harry Potter to Jane Eyre to, Hank the cow dog. And I mean, we've also done some nonfiction titles too. Like w one of my very favorite ones that we, we take turns picking uh, like right now it's, it's my, my youngest daughter's pick and we're reading the first book of the wings of fire series. And it's a kind of silly little dragon book series, but, but it's fun because we each take a turn picking. So we get completely diverse things. Um, one, one that I picked that, um, I had I had read it before, but it it is one that really changed me. Was uh, and there was light, which is the the autobiography of Jacques Luceron, um, and it's a it, it's just fun. I love doing a diversity wow. of things, and that's why I love being a narrator. I'm a I consider myself a storyteller, yeah. and also with my narration, I want to do what I can to make the world even a little bit better place. So yeah. yeah. Well, I'm such a, I'm such an audiobook listener fan mm -hmm. as well that I wholeheartedly agree with that. I just, I wish yeah, some books are not in audio and I wish they were. I even thought of mm -hmm. sometimes contacting him like, Hey, do you, do you need me to record that for you? <laughs> <laughs> I've done that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and how did actually, you get any, uh, the, the third book that I did, um, it was a guy who my wife had taken a, a class from. And she was, he, he had this book available for free on Kindle. And so she's checking it out and she's like, this is an amazing book. I'm like, Hmm, as he recorded it. And I mean, I had only been doing audiobooks for a couple of months, but right. I had two under my belt and I called him and I said, Hey, 
do you want to get together and we can talk about this? So I recorded a sample of a chapter and met with him for, for lunch. And now I have recorded, let's see, I have recorded three books for him and I have wow. a fourth one that's going to be coming. That's actually written by his son. Um, wow. I'm going to be doing later this year. And he's a, he's a fun guy. So, Great. but that was, that was kind of my, my first time doing that. I've had, I've approached some other authors. I've got another one that, I'm going to be doing um, uh, Dark by Paul Arvidsson that is a sci-fi kind of fantasy thing that looks looks like an awesome book. And I'm excited to do that one. It'll Hopefully, I'll get to it by the end of this month. Um, but my, my real goal is uh, Timothy Zahn. He's about my favorite sci-fi author. Oh, and uh, I'm thinking maybe this fall. I mean, he's, he's, got, he's been writing since like 1980, and he's still <laughs> writing. So he's got a big catalog of books that are not in audio. All his new stuff is coming in audio, but I'm like, hey. you know, what, what's it going to hurt? Let me yeah. give me a shot. Give me a shot. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Go back to the, the back, the back list. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. Wow. Hey, so in my audio for authors, I, uh-huh. I, my target audience are authors, clearly, but mm-hmm. I, I'm very, so I'm the kind of person who, I, I, if you want to hire me to do something, great, but I want it to be a match. Mm-hmm. I want to be, if I'm not yeah. the right guy for you, great, that's fine. In fact, that's better. You know, just let's learn it quickly. Let's just, you know, oh, yeah. shake hands and, well, well, not shake hands these days. And, uh, and move along and it'll be better for us in the long term. So the reason I say that is because I'd love to hear from you because I get two tips. I'd love to hear sort of a tip for the do-it-yourselfer who's an author who wants to narrate their own Mm -hmm. stuff. And then the one who, here's the ideal client for me. The ideal client is somebody who has tried it on their own because Mm -hmm. then they know how hard it is and then they're gonna appreciate it all all, all the more. So let's, I'd, I'd love to hear a tip from you from, for the author who wants to do it themselves and, and, and a positive tip because one tip could be, it's so hard, run for the hills. <laughs> <laughs> and then one for um, like how they could work with you and uh, what they could best do then to prepare to then work with a narrator like you. You know, with, with an author who wants to do it themselves, first off, you need to have a certain ability to bring people into your story. Like I, I, I hate to throw him under the bus, but this guy who I, I contacted about doing this book, yeah, he had me do a little bit of editing on ones that he had already done the audio for. And it was painfully boring. Mm. Um, and actually in in one of them that i did for him later that it was the second in a nonfiction series i had somebody give me a poor rating because my voice was too distracting for them and i'm like wow. I, I took it as a compliment honestly yeah. because yeah. the first book was so pedantic um, mm. and the the thing that was kind of sad about that is the material was not the material was inspirational mm. and and that's what I tried to get across when I narrated it myself. Um, the other thing for authors who are wanting to narrate themselves is really know what you're getting into. 
yes, yeah. you wrote the material, so you're going to be more familiar with it. But it's also, if you make a mistake, you need to go back and re-record it. And there's, I mean, there's two ways of recording things. You can do the dog clicker or snap method, which I did that for way too long. <laughs> right. um, and the, there are advantages to both, but really go with punch and roll. Look into that and you can find the semantics on it and whatever, but punch and roll right. really will save you time and will result in a whole lot less errors to begin with too. Um, and yeah, just really pay attention to it because you, the, the last thing you want is for the voice of your book to distract or detract from your book. Okay. It should enhance if anything. So. Okay. That's a really interesting point because I think some people might say, well, I have a voice, I have a microphone, I can do it. And sure, technically, you know, administratively, <laughs> whatever you want to look at it. Yes, you can. Mm -hmm. But is that really, that's a really good point for, is this going to enhance Mm -hmm. the words on the, you know, the ink on the paper mm -hmm. in the, on the audio format. And I, I think part of that also comes to the idea that in hiring a narrator or in being a narrator of your own material, even if it's nonfiction, you have to be not so much that you must be trained, but you have to think as a voice actor. It's not, yeah. it's not just, well, I'll read this. Anybody can just read anything. And, as such, you know, I hate listening to my mom read to my kids. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 when, when she wants to read to my kids, I'm fine. But boy, she just puts no inflection in anything. <laughs> yeah. hey, so on that note, I find that there's sort of two camps. There's the uh -huh. uh, theatrical and the more, I don't know what the other camp is Straight called. read. Straight kind read. Kind of a straight okay. read. Yeah. yeah. What, what's, what are your thoughts on that? I tend to go toward the theatrical, yeah. um, but I'm not over the top theatrical. Like for, for example, um, so, so with my work before I was commuting every day and I was listening to audiobooks every day, actually part of my segueing to working from home now is I'm now taking a walk around our three mile block <laughs> every day because I still want to listen to, right. I, I don't want to give up my listening to audiobooks. <laughs> um, but, uh, where was I going? <laughs> um, uh, theatrical and yeah, okay. straight read. And so, so I've, uh, I mean, I'm a cheapskate also. I, I listened to the complete works of Charles Dickens via LibriVox. <laughs> um, I, I love Charles Dickens, but there were some who, who did a great job. There were others that, I mean, it's LibriVox, it's free, they're volunteers. Oh. And you, could, you could tell. And, um, and there, I, I guess when it comes to my personal approach, I think I'm probably somewhere in between. That's right. I was, I was thinking about the one that's way over the top for me. If you've ever listened to any Star Wars audiobooks, Yeah, I have. I love, I love Star Wars. Right. Mark, I can't remember the guy's name, but the guy who does nine-tenths of them, it's Mark something. He does a phenomenal job with it, but it's just a little bit over the top for me. Mm. I, and, and on top of that, they, they throw in music and sound effects. So it's like, oh, wow. you, it's like you're supposed to be watching a Star Wars movie or okay. something. Only the problem is I don't want to hear Darth Vader breathing in the background the whole time during a scene in an audiobook while you're reading the, the narration of the rest of the scene. And if I hear the Ewok music 
my, what, my mind goes to Ewoks. It doesn't go to whatever planet doesn't have Ewoks on it. So okay. that's the over-the-top side. Okay. I try to be somewhere in between. I don't do many effects in my books, uh, with the exception of the Jane Austen's Dragons ones, in that I altered my voice with effects from the computer for each dragon, so they sounded different. But oh, cool. I do at least try and differentiate my, my characters. But it's also something where when there's 60, 100 characters in a book, wow. it's really hard to give each of them a unique voice. So you kind of prioritize. Yeah. Wow. And, and nonfiction and fiction, that's where I've struggled because I have some fiction books that I have also narrated myself. And I struggled with them because of exactly what you said, the different characters mm-hmm. and the, you know, should I do a female voice or should I not even bother? Just do more straight read. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what to do in the fiction. I struggled <laughs> with that more. Whereas nonfiction for me, also as the author and the narrator of the nonfiction, I, I, it's all just gut. It's all just, I know exactly how this should feel, how it should sound. And what I want mm-hmm. it, it, the outcome to be. Yeah, and one thing I've done with, with uh, I, I've learned to do with my authors, and some do it better than others, is when I go through on my initial read and whatever, I kind of make notes as to characters and whatever, but I also want from them a dramatis personae, which is just a list of all the characters, and ideally, kind mm. of, if you were to cast it as a movie, who would you cast as this character or what, you know, what character from some movie, which, and I, I can do impressions, but I don't, I'm not really an impression guy, but it gives me a starting point. Like for first of their kind, um, Chris Tavener asked me for, for one character, Don Cheadle, you know, I'm, I'm not awesome with who actors are. So I looked him up. I'm like, Oh, okay. He's the dude who plays a Iron Man's buddy. Um, And, but it it gave me a place to start at. And it just anchored that character for me. And when you can do that across the board with your characters, then it's not so much having to think about, oh, well, what, what did I do for this again? It's like, oh, yeah, okay, check. Okay, I'm, I'm, there's a Gimli aspect to this character, so I'm going to go like that. <laughs> so You know, we have just uh, transitioned into what I consider a fantastic tip for authors who want to work with narrators. And the and that's I love what you're saying. Wow, to think of to who would you cast? Mm-hmm. Ah, that's a great one. I love that. I, I think also for authors that could help with it, it could even help sort of in their in the marketing of their own books mm-hmm. because they think oh the characters just you know just like typical Amazon type stuff like this you know like so and so and so and so and people then they can mm-hmm. relate to them and they see ah okay well I like so and so and so and so so I might like this. Oh, that's mm-hmm. really good. Mm-hmm. And so they could do that. And, and you, and you asked for that from mm-hmm. authors to do something like that. Wow. Yep. Wow. So what else? So um, let's see then for the, for the DIYers. I like what you said also to, uh, are you going to enhance? You have to make a decision. Are you really, I mean, and this is sort of, that it might be the, the moment of truth, right? But are you, are you really going to enhance or do you just, think you're going to enhance the book and it's actually going to be mm-hmm. terrible and you really shouldn't do it. You should probably ask a third party <laughs> unbiased perspective. Johnson, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, have another drink. And um, okay. So then if I like that and then for you working with a narrator, wow, that's, I really like that. So they give you some sort of a, do you actually have a, like a format? They, they 
or just sort of list the characters and who you think would be cast? You know, I've it, it's varied from author to author. Yeah. I've got one that I'm going to be doing here shortly. That's King's Warrior by Janelle Schmidt, which she sent me this amazing Excel worksheet <laughs> with just, I mean, and there are, there are about 70 characters in this book. <laughs> And she lined out every single one of them. And more than that, then she had another sheet that by chapter by chapter, I'm like, I have to start doing this for everything for myself. So chapter by chapter, she lists which characters are in which chapters. So it, that's, I'm wow. like, this is, this is something I should have been doing as a narrator to begin with. I mean, you know, I glanced through the chapter again before I, I narrate it just to make sure, yeah. but it's just having a, a place to launch from and a really good place to launch from. I was really impressed with her. And I said, Hey, can I share this with other people? And she's like, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. Well, that would, wow. I can see how that would be helpful, but I can see how that could be intimidating too for, for an author to think I need to do what? <laughs> but, but sometimes I'm, I'm fascinated with the authors who have all those characters. It's just yeah. floating around in their heads and they know exactly, Oh, well that's a, uh, you know, Samantha Johnson and she uh, talks like this and looks like this. Like, wow. Yeah. Well, and you know, there's, there's different, uh, it, it's been interesting with, with different authors who have uh, told me their experiences. Like I just did one with my cousin a couple of months ago, uh, walls of glass, which it was a, it's it, like, let's just be honest. It was an autobiographical piece, but it's fiction. Um, <laughs> he didn't really find a dead body when he was 12 years old and, and he didn't get tarred and feathered or whatever, but it was interesting because I'm voicing my cousin as a 12 year old and his parents who I've known my whole life and his siblings. And uh, anyway, I'm not sure where I was going with this again, but, but, Oh, I, I know what, what author said. And, and he said, how do you, how, after you, because as a narrator, you go through a book, a bare minimum of three times by the time you're done with it. Um, and he's like, don't you get sick of it? And I'm like, no, really, I don't. It's kind of cool to be able, I mean, there's truth be told, there's been a couple that I've been like, can I please get on with something else? Um, but, but uh, for the most part, by the end of the process, I'm like, I love these characters. They're my friends. And, wow. and, uh, but, and, and he said, you know, for me, after I've you know edited for 57 times. I am so sick of these characters. I'm so sick of this book. And then there's people like Janelle Schmidt, who she's got, well, and, and I mean, J.W. Elliott, my cousin, um, he's got a series that's Archer of the Heathland that he's, I think he's working on the eighth book right now. He's had somebody else narrate. Actually, that was one of the very first ones I auditioned for was for his, um, and it was an abysmal audition and I'm really glad he went for somebody else, but I'm really glad that I got to do walls of glass with him later. But, um, with Janelle Schmidt, it's more like on the Frank Herbert side of things that it's like you have this enormous world going on and you know that she, she knows exactly what's happening in all of it. Wow. So, wow. Wow. So if uh, an author, well, if an author wants to do DIY, they, they mm -hmm. now know uh, <laughs> the bar they need to rise above. But if an, if an author would like to hire you, what, how do they do that? How do they go about that? How, do you work through an, like a publisher, like a, a ACX or a Find Your Voices, or what do you do? I have worked primarily through ACX at this point. I do have a couple of projects that I'm in the middle of that uh, are going, well, they're going through Find A Way, but 
they're going through me first. So it's like they're taking the finished product to find a way and then they're going to, oh, I see, I see. and I, I have a profile set up on find a way. I just honestly haven't looked into it that much. And that's okay. part of going full time. It's on my list okay. of things to look okay. into more this week. What, but, what do you prefer? What would be, let's say an author's listening to this is convinced that they just don't have the, <laughs> the voice mm -hmm. or they shouldn't do it. And they'd like to check you out and hire you. Where, where should they go? Honestly, first place I'd go is my website, which is bennyfifeaudio.com. Okay. Um, it's not a perfect website, but I think it's pretty good. My wife has helped me out. And um, when you're looking at my stuff, if you go to the individual books, there's a sample on each of them. Most of them are just the retail sample that you'd also find on Audible. Um, but you can hear my stuff there. Okay. Uh, you can you can read my blog there and get a feel for kind of who I am, see if I might be a good fit for your personality wise. Um, and yeah, you can, you can send me a, send me a message from there. Um, you okay. can call, email me, whatever. Or if, if you're already on audible, you can uh, either, you can outright extend me an offer or you can put your title up for audition. And then you get, depending on how you, uh, depending on the, the, uh, the compensation you will get more or less auditions there's okay. in on on audible there's paid finished hour royalty share or there's royalty share plus which is a combination of the two okay um most most new narrators like where i was a couple years ago i mean i didn't know what i was doing i mean i i, I loved reading and whatever but i just launched into royalty share and i accepted three of my first few projects were, eh, they were okay, but yeah. it got me started right. and it got me to where I could approach somebody and say, Hey, I've done this. And, uh, it's, it's a matter I've gradually been raising my rates where now I, I still like doing royalty share when it's one that's going to earn money, right. but it's no guarantee. If, right. if a title is garbage, I mean, I, I do have a couple of titles that haven't even sold 50, 50 copies yet okay. and they've been out for one of them has been out for a year a couple of them have been out for a year but then i have another title that you know came out in july and i'm getting close to a thousand copies on that one so wow. and that is royalty share <laughs> oh, yeah yeah well that's it's right. that one that one was a hybrid program so that was a royalty share plus so okay. with a royalty share plus um you still have a paid finished hour amount that is going to be probably significantly less than okay. if you just do outright paid finished hour. Okay. And what I personally like about that is that builds a cushion for me so okay. that, you know, I'm still making money on Jane Austen's dragons five years right. down the road when I've got something else. And you know, if I need to take a month off, I have royalties coming in that I'm like, yeah, let's go on vacation. Right, so. right. Great. Great. Wow. Okay. Wow. So they can go to, I'm looking at it right now and I see some, I see the uh, audio so you can listen to it. So you can go to mm -hmm. Benny Fife audio, F I F E audio, Benny audio.com to check out your work. Mm -hmm. And then either I just get in contact with you directly there or you can, you can do that. Find a way stuff. Yeah, there's a contact there. I do have a, a profile on Find a Way. I need to, I need to get with Find a Way and find out what I need to do to start <laughs> getting stuff through them because I I've never gotten anything from them and it's okay. it's a different setup than ACX. The ACX, um, like the narrators, basically can scroll through and find 
all kinds of stuff for available for audition. And, oh, okay. And with with that, it's kind of fine because I can sort it by genre. I can sort it by by Amazon sales ranking, which as a narrator, if you're going to do royalty share, if you're going to do straight royalty share, you don't want to be auditioning for anything beyond the first couple of pages of that hey, top Amazon sales ranking. But it's also something where, you know, I'll look at anything. If I see something yeah. that I'm like, wow, that looks awesome. I'll, yeah. Yeah. You know, part, part of what I've found is by doing, by continuing to audition, even if my plate is full, yeah. it keeps my skills fresh. Yeah. Yeah. So. Great. Oh, it's good to hear. Wow. Um, we could, <laughs> I'd love to talk more and hear more about this uh, because I don't know about the inside workings of ACX and find a way like that. So that's mm -hmm. really cool to hear how that works. I didn't know that, but this has been great talking with you and we got a couple tips for the DIYers who dare do it on their own and the, uh, for those authors, although, Hey, that was me. So it is definitely possible. Mm -hmm. And those who uh, want to do it, that was, a, I really enjoyed your tip on how to help the narrator get to know your characters better. So, and also the fact that you found me and reached out and helped me out with something. I'm, I'm a fan. So <laughs> it's been great talking with you and um, we can uh, connect again maybe in, in, at some point in the future and see how the audiobook world is going or if you have any uh, new insider tips for the DIYer or the uh, author looking for a narrator, maybe we talk Sounds again. Sounds awesome. Okay. okay. Thanks so much, Ben. All right. Thanks, Bradley. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.